Welcome to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. On this week's episode of the CPG View, we sit down with a great friend, Irene. We talk about her journey. She's currently the Chief Growth Officer at PPG. But we discuss her journey and how it's formed from IT to moving to corporate development, and then on the commercial side, VP of sales, then heading up a business unit before ultimately landing at PPG. We talk about betting on people and the importance and the benefit that her and I both have had in our journey and how important it is for us to pay that back. We talk about building and trailblazing. We talk about the imposter syndrome that we both had suffered from in in our journey. And we also talk about strategy and choice and establishing competitive advantage. Enjoy. So can you tell our audience a little bit about your background uh, as a leader? I'm, I'm really interested to, to get into this. Yeah, John, I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly not been your, your traditional or uh, a vertical background for sure. Um, you know, I kind of stumbled into uh, implementing ERP systems. That was my very first job actually out of college. Um, despite the fact that my undergrad was in international relations. So I think right at the onset, I kind of realized that I may have certain intentions mm-hmm. and you know, other opportunities come up. So um, I started in IT. Um, I was very fortunate to have joined an organization uh, that took many, many chances on me. Um, even though I started on IT, I then went on and uh, I set up a shared service center for them. Um, after that, uh, I went into various roles, including, you know, uh, finance and, and uh, investor relations, and mm-hmm. where I got to also work on strategy. So that was my first parlay into sitting there and doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to uh, our, uh, one of our business units so I could get into marketing and sales. So, so that was really where I cut my teeth on the commercial uh, part of the, uh, of the business. Um, came back again to do uh, some more investor relations and work on some transactions that we were doing at that time. Um, again, once in a lifetime experience, those things don't happen very often. Um, and then uh, went back again and I was, uh, I was the VP of sales. Um, and so was doing that, it was great. And then we made an acquisition and we made a new acquisition in a new vertical for my company. And I was asked to lead that. Um, you know, it was probably one of the, uh, you know, one of the greatest honors that I had. Um, very tough though, very, very uh-huh. tough, a lot of lessons. Um, and so I was doing that, you know, moved, uh, relocated the family, was doing that, had a great, great team. And then, um, you know, a recruiter called and had this really compelling opportunity where it was a uh, chief growth officer for um, a company. And this role had never existed. This was brand, brand new. Um, and that certainly, certainly piqued my interest. So took a leap of faith. And, and here I am. I'm the chief growth officer for PPG right now. That's awesome. I, I you know, think about your background and, and. You, you know, starting in, in IT, then kind of moving the way in which you have to think that you would kind of uh, go from, you know, it certainly wasn't linear when I think about your path, you know, to your point, right? You go from ERPs to, um, yeah, I think your finance in, in yeah. some capacity, then you end up in strategy, then investor relations, then you're in sales. Um, yeah. And you said something there earlier that I wanted to kind of get your perspective on because I feel, um, I feel very similar to you in this regard. I feel like people took a lot of chances on me. Yes. Can you can you give a little bit more on that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people sit there and say, uh, what was the key to your success? And I, I will say, first off, it was just that I was afforded an opportunity. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, there's mentorship and you have mentors, but then there's also advocates. Right. And I think one of the greatest responsibilities that um, you and I have in terms of where we are at right now in our career is to be great advocates for, you know, talent. Um, you can work really hard. You can be extremely talented. But if people aren't aware of that, if a light is not necessarily shone on you, and at the same time, someone, you know, looks at your resume and says they have absolutely zero license to go into this particular position, but um, they've shown an agility to learn, they've shown that they can perform. So let's take a chance um, and, and see what happens. So I, I say this all the time. Um, I was a great benefactor of that. Um, I think that all organizations uh, should do that, should open doors, should make sure that there's access, even if it's just, um, I learned just as much from being in the room, not necessarily being a participant, but being an observer a lot of times. So it's very, very important for everybody to do that. So that's, that's a big passion of mine when it comes to leadership is making sure that that's happening. Yeah, you met, you brought up a really good point there. And I think it's, I think it's so true that there's a distinction between being a mentor and being an advocate. And, yeah. and I think advocacy is where that value that I think you and I have been fortunate to, um, uh, to come across in our journey was created that, ad yeah, that advocacy. Absolutely. Well, that's yes. awesome. Um, okay. So, you know, again, we talk about your journey and it's been an interesting and, and winding path and, and, you know, can, I guess some of your moves at a high level, you know, when when I think about your journey, I wonder, gosh, did did you know, did you get bored every few years yeah. <laughs> or did where did someone tap you on the shoulder and say, "Hey, you did really great here. Let's put you from there and plop you right in here." I would just love your perspective. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both, I'll be honest. Um, what I have learned about myself is that I love building things. I love being yeah. a trailblazer. Um, mm -hmm. So that was really important to me. So being able to go in there and having the license to enact changes, really, really important. What I learned is that I'm not a good maintainer. You know, once it's been built, once it's humming, uh, once it's like, you know, yeah. I don't really like coasting. I want to go on to the next fire or the next thing that needs to be built. So that was a big learning for me. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really what kept prompting me to go and do new things. So if something needed to be fixed, if something needed to be built, it really, really appealed to me. Not to say that there weren't many times when, you know, an opportunity may have come up or I looked at it and said, here's um, great potential that we have here if we were to do X, Y, and Z. Many times I had this pit in my stomach because I was like, I don't know if I'm qualified to do this. Uh -huh. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, but if there's one regret I don't have is I, I did plow through that and I did have the courage to um, to try to take it on and, and see what happens. Yeah, that's it's so interesting. You say that about um, uh, about being identifying or, or maybe that was my word identifying uh, as a builder, um, because I've also realized that in my journey that I'm. Yeah. I get really passionate. I get a lot of energy. I, I I transfer a lot of energy to people when it's building. When it comes to farming, though, I forget yes. you maintaining. Our, I just am not itch. I've just found that yeah. about myself. And thank and, God, thank God, there are really good farmers out there, right? I yes. mean, because God knows yeah. that you know, yeah. you know, those farmers are needed. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. so true. That what at what point did you do? You, would you say that you realized and you were uh, you know, in your journey, uh, that you were more leaned more towards building than than farming. 
you know what? That's a really, really, really great insight. Um, I think it was, I would get very, very excited when I would see like an untapped opportunity and I kept gravitating to that. And not to say that I didn't have an appreciation for what has to happen to keep maintaining things, but that's where I used to sit there and see, I'm not getting as excited. You know, I'm not, and, and, you know, it was ensuring that everything was still running is absolutely one of the most important things, but I said, okay, if I, this is where I have a lot of passion and it yeah. seems as if I'm doing a good job um, and, and I do well, then why not have that be my thing um, right. and uh, the value that I will add when I go, when I go to any particular department or function. Um, yeah. But it was a lot of soul searching. I got to say, I, I used to always envy people that knew exactly who they wanted to be or what they wanted to be when they grew up, um, because that was certainly not me. I was very, very conflicted. If you would have told me 20 years ago that one day I'd be leading a lighting company or I'd be in investor relations, I would have said, that's crazy. I mean, that's never anything that I intended to do. Um, and there's others that, you know, they go to business school. As an example, they say, I want to be a CFO. And that is a little bit more of a defined career path. So they know, you know, the six, seven, whatever steps mm -hmm. there are to do that. I never had that. So it was a blessing and a curse, I would say. In some ways it was a curse because I get frustrated and say, what's my end game? Yeah. What do I want to do? But it was a blessing in that I was like, oh, I'll try a little bit of everything and see what, uh, what sparks my energy. That's that is very, very interesting. I, you know, kind of double clicking on that point for a moment. Um, you know, wondering what your perspective would be, what, what advice, you know, many of the folks that follow uh, what we share in the community, um, you know, we have executives like yourself on, we have some other ju more, more junior executives, uh, we have um, individuals from other kind of verticals, um, and they all have a different um, kind of perspective here, but I'm just wondering what advice would you give your earlier self, you know, yeah. 10 years ago, and then maybe 20 years ago, when you were kind of maybe beginning in your journey? Yeah, I think what would have been great for me to know 20 years ago was, and again, this was 20 years ago, the world was very different, right? There are jobs that are in careers that exist today that didn't exist back then. And that's only going to keep accelerating. And I think I would have been like, it's okay to not know exactly where you're going to land. What you do need to do is ensure that any opportunity that you do come across, do your very best at it, make your mark, you know, develop your own personal brand, mm -hmm. get to know what makes you tick and what maybe doesn't make you tick. There were some things that I did that I had said, I thought I would absolutely love this. Like uh, an example was, uh, you know, an m and I'd always been fascinated. I think I watched way too many movies and I always was very, very fascinated with, um, yeah. with M&A. And uh, while I never formally worked in it until now, actually, ironically enough, yeah. uh, back then, you know, I had a great advocate again that, you know, I was talking to, he was responsible for M&A as the CFO. And I said, you know, I've always been interested in this. And he said, why don't you just kind of tag along on, you know, we're doing this, um, this deal, more right. than welcome to tag along. And I was like, oh my God, I could never do this. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, it is a lot of due diligence work, yeah. as we all know, right? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. not what you see in the movies, right? Yeah. It's not as right. exciting. Yeah. So, you know, take every opportunity. I think 20 years ago would be, you're going to go on this journey. You're going to go through things where you absolutely love it, but then you're also going to go through things that you don't. And even if you don't absolutely, if you don't like it, keep plowing through, keep doing, get that experience because it's always good because it'll either tell you a little bit more about yourself mm. um, and you'll still learn. Uh, so, you know, I think it would be like just Irene, calm down. Everything's going to be great. You don't need to have all the answers at this point. Enjoy yeah. the ride. <laughs> Enjoy uh, the ride. Uh, 
Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I do. I do feel the more you talk, the more I actually feel like we were uh, kind of kindred spirits in our in our journey and didn't know it because I could think back to your example of, you know, every few years I would also find myself, um, you know, just kind of looking around. And I, in many cases, similar to you, I spent so many years, um, you, you know, um, 15 years at one company and the beauty was I could move to different functions when a yes. company, you know, kind of in that multi-billion dollar range, you can stay with the same company, but take on different new challenges. I think, I think that's why you and I did stay for as yeah. long as we did. Right. Yep. I think, you know, just given the way that we are wired, if yep. we had stayed only in one function, yep. um, it probably wouldn't have been, you know, over 15 years, um, yeah. it probably would have been a lot less. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, so, you, you know, having, you know, risen as impressively as you have in your career, and it's so, so interesting to hear your kind of, you know, kind of um, perspective of really what happened kind of behind the curtain, uh, but someone would look at your kind of career and say, you know, she's just done so, so well. Um, so I, you know, this is, you know, um, an odd question, but is there anything that you would change if you could go yeah. back? Yeah, you know, um, there's always things that you would change for sure. I mean, you know, I think any any time that you uh, go back and and um, you look at uh, and you reflect on, okay, what happened? What did I do well? What did I not do well? There's a, there's there's certainly a number of things. I think one is um, I did focus a lot on my career. Um, I I usually had uh, roles that required me to travel quite a bit. I guess one of the regrets that I have is, you know, I, I certainly have personal passions, right? Um, would have loved to have done a lot more volunteer work, um, would have lot, lot liked to have gotten ingratiated into the community with, you know, social justice issues and those type of things. When I see people that have such, such a great balance at having done that, I'm like, wow, you know, I really do feel like an underperformer at that point, right? Because I, it seems as if my, I've just focused on my career. At what point did I really sit back and, and give back? Um, so that's one thing that I would, uh, if I could look back and say, you've got to learn how to have balance earlier on in your career. Hard to say, um, but it is something that uh, I would have uh, rather had given a lot more attention to. Now, on the other side, if there's something that I don't regret doing is, um, I think I would have regretted not taking a lot of these opportunities where I was kind of cocking my head and saying, really, you want me to do what? I'm going to go do what? Yeah. Um, and, and overanalyzing a lot of the, uh, the roles that I could take, you know, they may not have been at the best business unit, right. Mm -hmm. Within the conglomerate that I was at. Um, they may have been with, uh, you know, a really uh, different leader than maybe what I was used to, but mm -hmm. um, I, I thank God that I did it all the time. I really do. I really, mm -hmm. really do. So I guess, Anyone else, you know, listening, it's even if you have that pit in your stomach and you're just thinking, if I do this, is it really going to be, you know, the Peter principle or is just one rule too yeah. many? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's where I fall. Just do it. I mean, you'll yeah. regret more of the things you didn't do than the things you did. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really great perspective. I think, you know, it, it reminds me of that, that old saying that if you want to be, um, if you want to be happy, do something for yourself. If you want to be fulfilled, do something for others. And yes, I've yes. also felt very similar to you in the last few years of how can I get back? How can I advocate for others? It's honestly part of the reason that- I was going to say you are. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the reason. This is exactly, yeah. I mean, you know, 
you probably don't realize the reach that you absolutely have, right? Especially with the fact that it's on social media, you don't personally see it, but um, I'm, I'm positive you have. So this is excellent. Yeah, well, no, that's really fascinating. Um, and I, I, you know, I think one of the questions I didn't have in our prepared remarks uh, or questions to you, but I maybe just, you know, I'll be transparent on my side it, along in the journey, you know, I don't know that it, I would describe it as, and I've had an advocate that was so, you know, uh, kind of insistent on this, but uh, I did have a tinge in my journey, a bit of the imposter syndrome. Of, oh, yeah. I, are you sure I'm the right person? And yes. and all it would take was one or two comments in my head to think I, I, I'm not ready for this, but you, you mentioned that just take it. Just if you feel like, if, you know, your gut is telling you to take it, lean in. Um, anything you would kind of say to that? Don, it's so great that you're, you know, being open and transparent and vulnerable about this. I can tell you that I've put forth Oscar winning performances. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I may come across as being very, very confident. I may be going into these meetings for the yeah. first time in a new function yeah. and seeming as if I understand everything. And I am like racing back to my desk yes. to go and try to do as much research as I can. Yeah. Um, you're, I, you know, I, I don't want to say that everyone um, suffers from imposter syndrome. We probably all have moments and we have various degrees of it. But, uh, you know, myself, it's something that actually I battle with all the time. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. And it's something that I try to, when I advocate for others or when I, um, I try to mentor others, mm -hmm. I almost try to seek it out to say, you're doubting yourself, aren't you? Like, what are you afraid of? What are you thinking? And it's, hey, I don't, I don't know if I'm good enough for this. And you almost have to keep trying to uh, tell yourself, I have proven that I've gone into new things and somehow, some way I learned it, right? I, I did. I may not have been an expert day one, but I learned it. So um, it's this constant talking back to yourself almost to give yourself some reassurances uh, for sure. Well, I think that, I think that's great for everyone to hear that, you, you know, we serve in the community that, you know, even you, even you kind of wrestle with this and, and, oh my God. and, well, and all the time. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel you on the Oscar winning performances. Yeah. I felt the, felt the same. Um, yeah. But so, you know, kind of going now into your new role, uh, you know, you oversee a variety of functions. I'm kind of looking at the list here. It's corporate strategy, long range planning, marketing, brand and sales excellence, digital. You, you, you oversee a lot. How do you, yeah. how do you balance it all? Yeah. I mean, you know, that this is what actually excited me about the role because there's so much, right? So um, in this building, um, you know, it, will I get bored? Probably not. I, there's mm -hmm. quite a bit to do here. Yeah. I think, um, what it does do, uh, and just because the world, the markets, everything has gotten so much more complex, is that it gives uh, it gives my team so many different levers to be able to pull um, that are appropriate at certain times for you know the different portfolio of our businesses uh, to be able to drive growth, right? So because it's not just one answer, as we both know, right? Having come up through um, the companies that we did, there's many different levers, there's many different seasons of a business. Um, there's that many different cycles that call for different solutions. So the great thing about it is because I have all of these different functions, what we do is we're able to collaborate to sit there and say, okay, what is the best solution for what we need to do to you know, grow in this particular space, in this particular market? And it's always a different um, solution. It's always a different answer. 
And the great thing is, is that, you know, I've got this team that we can come up with these different solutions and not have to sit there and say, oh, you know what, we're going to have to, you know, go and now try to make a pitch to this other, um, this other department and this other function and say, this is of utmost importance. Everyone needs to work on it. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's a very, very rewarding to be able to do that because again, I get to build, right? So uh, that, that's the great thing. I get to construct again. Yeah. I think you, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I agree with you. I think it'll definitely be several years before you get bored, uh, given the, (laughs) the, uh, the, the breadth that you have. So that's great. I'm sure you'll do wonderful things. Um, I, I wanted to ask you last question. What trends are you watching with regards to kind of the longer range planning strategy? You know, I know you and I kind of grew up, grew up in large companies that strategy is a core part of, you know, the, the, the framework of you know, ambitions, where to play, how to win all, you know, the typical strategy view. But what, what's something that you're looking at and, and how are you thinking about it being that strategies in the scope of your responsibilities? Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Don. I think we were fortunate enough to grow up in a company where that really was strategy and the importance of it and making choices, right? You know, where, you know, choosing where to play. You can't play everywhere. Choosing where to play. How are you going to win? Where you've chosen to play? All still are very, very relevant. And I think will continue to be. But one thing that has emerged that we're watching very, very carefully um, is, uh, you know, ESG, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly around sustainability. You know, before I think it was kind of deemed as almost being altruistic, right? Yes, this is the right thing for us to do. Of course, it's the right thing that's to do. But the more and more that we're learning about it, um, the more and more we're interacting with our customers, it is it has become ingratiated into strategy, how yeah. they're going to grow, how big of an imperative. Layer on the fact that we have, you know, many different um, regional areas that are also putting out legislation um, to yeah. make sure that it does happen. Um, really important for us to respond. And the more that we respond and the more that we're able to go to our customers and say, we are the supplier of choice, we will help enable your sustainability goals while also working on our own. Mm-hmm. But you know, we are your number one choice to be able to help you realize these ambitious sustainability goals that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that we can build this competitive moat, um, you know, and, and the more that we can compete and absolutely grow. So that is something that, uh, you know, in my past lives had certainly been there in, in the background for sure, but the prominence and uh, how important it's becoming every single day, um, and especially in, in the markets that we operate in, um, is something that's been actually really eye-opening to me since I joined my new company. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I think you're, you're, you're right. I, I read a, uh, you know, um, one of the, I, I read a lot on strategy and I read a lot on um, things related to that discipline. And one of um, one of the things I read uh, maybe late last year was, you, you know, people tend to think about um, things in quadrants uh, and with, with regards to, you know, how they're connected to their business and, and they, they could, in the perspective of what's in it for me, what's yeah. in it for you what's in it for us and what's in it for society. Exactly. And if you can, if you can answer as many of those as possible and synchronize them and leverage them for good, you, you're on your way to having a competitive advantage that does, does well and checks many boxes. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's all the stakeholders, everything from society, as you said, even investors. I mean, this is becoming prominent even with investors as they're sitting there and screening mm-hmm. um, where who to take positions on. Mm-hmm. It is one of the things that they're looking at. And they're actually looking at it, not just, okay, yes, we see that you have an ESG report. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You are listed in certain indexes, but you know, from some of the benchmarking that we're doing, they're actually telling us that, you know, in interactions with the management team, they're looking to see if it is truly um, integrated into the strategy, if it's truly genuine. Right. Uh, so it's been it's been really interesting. It's things that I'm starting to hear from even the investment community, employees, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, other stakeholders in the communities that we operate in, uh, that it, it comes up in almost every conversation. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the CPG View, the number one CPG information source for global omni-channel leaders. Mm-hmm.